The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Oh, poor Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. Nobody appreciates Kamala Harris and just how brilliant she is. She got, what, 2% of the vote in the uh, Democratic primary? And now she's the vice president, uh, chosen because she was a black woman, and chosen despite calling Joe Biden a racist. And now that she's not popular and her popularity rating is below Biden's, which is deeply underwater, uh, she is alleging that much of her issues relate to Biden still being a racist. So he was a racist when he forced her to be bust as a child. He is a racist now that he is not uh, do more to dig her out of her own ineptitude. Uh, but he was not racist when he picked her because she was black. I'm just trying to follow along here. Uh, the source of this uh, latest revelation of Kamala's unhappiness is none other than CNN.com. Now, I am uh, somewhat stunned that CNN would lapse into this occasional foray of real journalism. But they paint a picture of Kamala and Joe Biden that is less, far, 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 far less than uh, Jen Psaki was willing to admit to Peter Ducey is the case. There are a few reports from over the weekend that the vice president is unhappy. Can she expect the president's automatic endorsement if she decides to run herself in either 2024 or 2028? Well, first of all, the president selected the vice president because uh, to serve as his running mate because he felt she was exactly the person he wanted to have by his side to govern the country. She's a key partner. She's a bold leader. And she is somebody who has taken on incredibly important assignments, uh, whether it is addressing the root causes of migration at the Northern Triangle or taking on a uh, core cause of democracy in voting rights. Uh, so that is who the president selected. Uh, I, I don't have any predictions of whether she will run, when she will run. I will leave that to her, but I can tell you that there's been a lot of reports out there and they don't reflect his view or our experience with the vice president. And so you guys have not heard that the vice president or key members of her staff are unhappy. Uh, here's what I know, Peter. I know that the president relies on the vice president for her advice, for her counsel. Uh, she's somebody who is not only uh, uh, taking on issues uh, that are uh, challenging. She's not looking for a cushy role here. Uh, no vice president is, no president is, uh, and that she's somebody that um, is a valuable member of the team. And he expects to also, you can all expect to be out there uh, 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 out in the country on the infrastructure bill. And he's looking forward to having her out there, too. I, I have a theory. I mean, I, I, I voiced it earlier. I actually think there might be something to my theory that COVID, maybe it's a, in a weird, like, Jim Carrey, liar, liar sort of way, that Jen Psaki is not capable anymore of lying like she did before. Because why would she not just lie? No, no, Biden and Harris, are they get along great. They love each other. He thinks she's awesome. Why would she not say that? Is it possible that Jen Psaki 
got a window into her own mortality and is worried about her eternal destiny in the aftermath of COVID that she's finally decided, you know what? I got to stop lying in front of people every day. So she's ducking and dodging and bobbing and weaving. Peter Ducey asked her two good questions. She ducked them both. First of all, why would she not say when he asked her, hey, will President Biden support Kamala Harris if she runs for president in 2024? Why would she not say, wait a second, 2024? Like, President Biden can run for re-election in 2024, and he's already said that's his intention. Why would she not say that? Because she knows he can't run for re-election because, you know, there won't be COVID and he won't be able to hide in his basement. And he can't withstand the physical rigors of a presidential campaign, let alone the mental rigors of a campaign. So there's a chance for her to lie. A layup. Whoosh! She should knock that one out of the park. She didn't. And then he asks, like, well, you know, is she unhappy? Like, you don't have any evidence she's unhappy? Well, here's what I know. Wrong answer. She's ignoring it. Passing on a chance to blatantly lie. I really think, I think she's seen the future, and it's fiery and not mostly peaceful for her. And COVID has enlivened her conscience and awakened something that she had suppressed in her first year as press secretary. Which would be good. Which would be good. But back to Kamala. I mean, don't we all feel sorry for Kamala? Kamala is so accomplished. I mean, Kamala with the fake French accent, which always goes over well when you're on a diplomatic mission to France. Kamala with the Cruella de Vil persona such that the Democratic Party had to go out and actually pay child actors to sit in a room with her to have her talk nonsensically of course because that's the only thing she knows how to do about space and how marvelous space was those kids were paid actors they opened it up to all school kids hey they want to come in here and sit with the vice president no no scary lady scary lady no no she's the one that wanted to kill me when i was a baby in the womb no thanks i'll pass on that Quoting from the CNN story. Worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction and lack of focus, key West Wing aides have largely thrown up their hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff, deciding there simply isn't time to deal with them right now, especially at a moment when President Joe Biden faces multiplying legislative and political concerns. Oh, this is... I feel like AOC cowering under the desk when the storming of the Capitol and death by selfie was underway. I know AOC and Pelosi were over there high-fiving each other. We got January 6th. We can use this forever against Republicans. I feel like that, reading this story about Kamala Harris's ineptitude. What a shock that somebody who slept her way to the top in politics with Willie Brown, somebody who... As a black woman in the wokest area, excuse me, in the wokest era of democratic politics ever, a crusader for bloodthirsty, unrepentant murder of innocent unborn children in the womb, such that she would support, plan, plot, and demonize David DeLauden for exposing 
the vile evil of Planned Parenthood in California. She would prosecute not Planned Parenthood for selling baby parts, which is against the law, but would prosecute David DeLauden for doing legal undercover journalism. That, Kamala Harris. You're shocked that people don't find her embraceable? Wow. Interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides, Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors who spoke extensively to CNN reveal a complex reality inside the White House. I bet it's complex. I bet it's not complex. An inept president, an inept, unlikable woman, vice president, not very complex. The two incompetent people would yield incompetent results and would find each other because both of them are completely devoid of any self-awareness of their own incompetence. They would both blame the other for their own miserable failures. The vice president has told several confidants that she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically. Oh, here's an idea. When put in charge of the southern border, Kamala, how about you actually go to the southern border? Break off the chains of your constraint, girlfriend. Go down there and actually see what it is you are charged with fixing. Those around her remain wary of even hinting at future political ambitions. Really? Why? What tipped you off that she might not have realistic future political ambitions? Was it the 2% of the vote she got running against a dead man walking in Joe Biden and an avowed socialist in Bernie Sanders? All 2% of the vote she got against those two nut jobs? Did that tip you off that she might not have? Viable political future aspirations. Wow. Can't sneak it by you, can we? I mean, this is just, this is, I mean, this is so delicious and delightful. If not for the fact that you and I have to pay the cost of this ineptitude with higher gas prices and invasion by our southern border and allies who now don't trust us and shouldn't. And a regime in China that openly mocked Joe Biden yesterday on a Zoom call. I mean, you got to give the old geezer credit. He was able to stay awake for the entire three-hour Zoom call, presumably. But as much as I want to revel in this <laughs> so totally demonstrative display of what goes around comes around, uh, I don't have time to do that. I have to dig in my wallet and find an extra $17 every time I fill up my car with gas, thanks to these two crazy people. So we talk about on this show occasionally, like, the fact that God ordained different roles for men and women. He made men and women differently. And that was never more apparent to me than this morning. When I have a problem that I want to solve, and so I set about solving it. And it explains why I've been asking. I'm going to hold this up so everybody can see who's watching 
on TV. Aaron, can people see this, what I'm holding up? Yes, they can. Okay, so I'm holding up a big bottle of water. Now, it doesn't matter what brand it is, but it's a very large bottle of water. Would you say I'm accurate in saying, for those of you who are not watching, this is a large bottle of water? Oh, yeah. This is like a canister of water. It's like close to a barrel of water. It's 101 ounces of water. And I bought two of these, and I brought them into the station today. Now, do you know why I brought them into the station today? No idea. Okay, so I was asked, are you going to drink all that water during the show? Well, no, I'm not, because I don't have that many bathroom breaks. And B, I think if I drank all that water, can't you die from drinking too much water? Uh, Well, yeah, drowning. I think, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was not the the scenario I was painting. But at any rate, so today is a special day for our family. My oldest daughter is signing her national letter of intent to play soccer this afternoon at her college choice. So I wanted to dress up the signing ceremony, okay, with flowers in the colors of the school that she's signing with. So I bought the flowers, not a problem, but I needed vases. Now, the vases that I got on the shelves were $16 a piece. Now, if I buy two vases like that, Aaron, I'm going to be in the vases a deeper investment than I am in the flowers. So I bought, I'm a man, like I'm trying to figure out, how do we solve this problem as economically as possible? So I wanted a a robust container that would hold a lot of flowers. So I went to the local drugstore, and I bought two of these big, huge containers of water and one other item. Can you guess what other item I bought? No. An X-Acto knife. Are you following my logic here? My man problem-solving logic? You're going to cut the top I'm going to off. take the X-Acto knife, and I'm going to slice very delicately around the top of the water and turn this $1.79 vessel filled with 101 ounces of water into a flower vase, a disposable flower vase. Because if I went out and bought more vases, my wife would go, what are you buying more vases for? We have vases. Now, I came in, and I... Outline this plan to the curious coworkers that I have asking me why I have so much water. And the female staff members here said this would not be an adequate way to celebrate my daughter's National Signing Day ceremony. That they would not have it that I would perform surgery on the bottle of water. They insist I use vases that we have here at the station that I bought, will borrow and will return. So I tried to solve a man-sized problem in a way that a man would solve the problem. What's your assessment of my problem-solving skills? I think it's pretty good. I mean, you still solved the thirst problem. Well, I won't be thirsty for several weeks (laughs) given this 200 ounces of water. But, you know, that was what I had in mind. I thought it was uh, a good way to solve the problem. And... uh, now it's been overruled. I'm getting a text from a dear friend. She says, I have tons of vases. I know you do, dear friend, but I don't have time to run over to your house and pick them up. Or I'll be late to the ceremony. Now, that would be bad if I was late to the ceremony. But the vases would be nice because I'm sure my friend has uh, adequate vases. So that was what I was trying to do. I'm not, uh, you know, I made a mistake, Aaron, but my investment in the mistake was only $3.50 because both of those big, huge tubs of water were $1.75. Yeah, not bad. So that's why I have the water. Okay. Uh, We're waiting on the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. 
We hope we don't have rioting. If he's found not guilty, we will have rioting. And one of the reasons why we have rioting is because the people that should lead and should not want us to have rioting, you would think somebody who, I don't know, represents a district in Washington, D.C., where their district has been ravaged by rioting, by rioting that was, not that it's ever defensible, but rioting that was contrived around a completely erroneous narrative? You would think that representative would be like, no, no, don't riot because this is justice. Whatever the jury decides, guilty, innocent, that's justice. That's our American justice system. But no, 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 no. Corey Bush, erstwhile member of the squad, who represents the area around St. Louis, Missouri, which of course includes Ferguson, Missouri, where in 2014, following the death of Michael Brown, there were ongoing riots. And every time that the Black Lives Matter movement comes up, and in fact, if you go on the Black Lives Matter website, you will find out that they cite the Michael Brown, they call it murder, as the reason why the Black Lives Matter movement came into being, Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. Now, Trayvon Martin, the person who had a conflict with him, George Zimmerman, was found not guilty in court. Michael Brown... Corey Bush says, when we marched in Ferguson, this is her tweet yesterday, white supremacists would hide behind a hill near where Michael Brown was murdered and shoot at us. They never face consequences. If Kyle Rittenhouse gets acquitted, it tells them that every seven years later they can still get away with it. Now, Corey Bush said Michael Brown was murdered. Was Michael Brown murdered? Not according to the court case. Not according to the Department of Justice. And who was the attorney general when Michael Brown died. The attorney general was Eric Holder. Eric Holder's black. Michael Brown is black. Corey Bush is black. The president at the time, Barack Obama, was black. Was and is black. Well, the Michael Brown case was looked at a second time by the Department of Justice later on. And who was the attorney general then? Loretta Lynch was the attorney general then. And Loretta Lynch is black. Michael Brown was not murdered. Michael Brown did not say, hands up, don't shoot. That's a lie. Never happened. An entire movement has been built around the lie that Michael Brown was murdered. He was not murdered. He did not comply with a policeman's order. He reached into the car and tried to take Officer Darren Brown's gun away from him. And that will and should get you shot a hundred times out of a hundred. So here's a leader, Cori Bush, who can influence people. She clearly has influence over people. She's choosing purposefully to stoke the fires of racial hatred, contending she is crusading on behalf of racially pure motives. This is what passes for leadership in our country now. And it's why we are in the situation we are in. So pray for the people of Kenosha, Wisconsin that cooler heads will prevail regardless of the outcome of the verdict.